you know, this part for me is is all about as a leader where we realize our true positions as leaders. And it's actually appropriate, Amy, that you would be on the line tonight because it was Amy's artwork that's on the book cover of The Space for Leadership. So again, thank you so much, Amy. Um, You know, it's funny how the world works. It's funny how the universe works. It's funny how we're divinely connected. You know, Amy created this piece after the loss um, of a dog, her husky, and I lost a husky too as a child. And so, um, you know, uh, it's funny how we're just intrinsically connected if we choose to look for ways to be connected. If we choose to listen, if we choose to ask questions, we do become better connected. And I think that's a big, big part of leadership, realizing our true position in leadership that you know, being a leader isn't about our way. It's not about our way being the best way. It's not about our way always being right. It's about finding the best answers for the people around us who we seek to impact. I mean, that's people you sell to. Maybe that's people you're charged to lead as a manager. But ultimately, if we understand our true position as a leader is to create that impact, uh, we can do some pretty cool things. And I actually brought up the piece of artwork that Amy sent me. So kind to send me. So here it is. You know, and the book on Amazon, I apologize. It's it's washed out. I think it has to do with their, you know, their print settings. Um, so it's a lot more vibrant here, as you can see. This is not the fact that it's lighting. It's literally different than what you're being sent on Amazon. But I unfortunately have no control over that. But I, I chose this piece before I get into our our time together. I wanted to share this tonight as we wrapped up. I chose this piece because for me, I, you know, there's darkness at the bottom and it trickles up into light. And I think if we look inside of ourselves, if we look inside those that we lead, those that we have the opportunity to impact, they're on this journey, right? There, there is darkness around them. There's light around them. It can be all light. There can be darkness up above. There can be light down in the darkness and all parts in between. And that's how this piece spoke to me. And I wanted to share it. And, you know, as a leader, it's on us to recognize that in people. It's on us to recognize they're out at a different spot in their journey. And just because they come in our world and just because they like our company's values and products and services and because they've rocked it out before, sold other similar things, and we think that they would be a tremendous fit, all of that can be true. And at the same time, all of that can be true. And they could come to us a week after starting, 10 years into being with us, five years, whatever it might be. And all of a sudden, they could be realizing they're hiding something right in plain sight. It could be a child that's got a drug addiction. It could be a child that's really struggling in school. It could be a child that's got you know a multitude of problems. It could be a problem at home with a spouse. It could be you know something that's it dredged its way up from the bottom. Um, and where whereas their world was this on top, Now it's the darkness on top. And as leaders, we got to understand that ultimately we get so much time from our people in a week, in a month, in a year, and the 10 years together. You know, somebody that works 20 years 
uh, with a company or spends 20 years in a business, if we just divide that up into thirds, they're going to spend a third of that sleeping and a third of that working. They got a third left to live their life. And that's being real conservative and real fair to the numbers because there's travel time, there's downtime, there's unwind time. So that third we get, we got to step into our position as leaders and really realize that ultimately we need to lead change for the people we lead. And so the first thing I want to touch on about is is this, and I, I had this today on my coaching call, you know, so I always think when you're looking at, to be coached, when you're looking to get influence in your life, a very good question to ask is, tell me who are your coaches, who your mentors, who your influencers are right now. It doesn't even need to be, need to be that they're paying somebody, although I am, um, but it would be a smart question to ask, if not for anything, what books are you reading? What podcast do you listen to? That'll tell you a lot. But today, uh, and on a coaching session that I was a part of, this quote was shared with me. It's really profound because it, it ties into tonight. And again, if we just go through life thinking all of these things are coincidence, I think that's a fairly sad way to live. Now, you may choose to not believe in a higher power, and that's fine. Um, but I think embracing it would mean there's a lot more working for you than isn't. And so this quote is that comfort uh, doesn't change the world. Vulnerability changes everything. And so as a leader, creating a place of comfort, trying to uh, install your comfort, a place of comfort on uh, to your people, um, I don't know... It helps them. I think being vulnerable helps them. It shows that the people who lead them aren't perfect. It shows that the people who lead them care that they're humans as well. And so I would give that to those who watch this to really think about that, that comfort doesn't change the world. Vulnerability changes everything. And I'll share with you, uh, I was very vulnerable with my team at my retail business. Uh, I shared my story with them that's in the book about my abuse in, in the past. Um, and it was a very profound moment with them. And I said, I hope this explains some of our interactions of the past. Note, I said explains. I didn't say I hope this excuses because as leaders, we should also have extreme accountability and extreme ownership. But I put that in the book as well for family, for friends, business acquaintances, people that have crossed paths with me. I hope that all of this explains interactions that we may have had that weren't favorable. And so I live this. I live this every day. I've had three podcasts today talking about this topic. And I will continue to have multiple times a week talking about vulnerability, talking about my story of childhood sexual abuse and how I believe my broad shoulders allowed this evil to be given to me. It was, you know, we, and again, that is a heavy phrase. I say it easily, but it isn't easy to say, if that makes sense. Uh, because it wasn't easy to get to this point. But I can say it easily now because I believe it. And that 
goes back to a few minutes ago of when I stopped believing that this world was just coincidence and I embraced a higher power and I embraced all of that goodness and that things can mean something more than just ourselves became a lot happier and here we are today. And I've got a powerful book that's changing lives. I get feedback like that regularly. But if we accept that what is given to us, both good and bad, is because we have the ability to shoulder it. One of the chapters in the book is the broad shoulders meant to carry evil. Um, this is what I mean by it. And, and I share this purposefully. I believe this was put in my path because I, it was known I could carry it. And another young man named Sean could not. And Sean ultimately committed suicide. And so I share this with you not to, you know, invoke sympathies, not to invoke any other feeling than that it's important to know when we're vulnerable and when we share our human side as a leader, we extract more humanness from our people around us. And that would be my second point, that our role as a leader, as a business owner, as somebody who has the opportunity to impact others, that if we're not focused on developing humans into better humans as part of our day, if our sole focus for eight hours a day is just productivity and efficiency and sales process and fulfillment, that's a pretty sad way, in my opinion, to lead. I would much rather see folks, and that's what I implore people to do, is to carve out some of that time to make the human beings around you better humans and shift away from always extracting the doing from the humans. Focus on human beings, not on human doers. That's a tremendous shift. And I get it. I understand people own businesses. They buy businesses for an investment. I get that. I really, truly do. I I, I am that person. Uh, but at the same time, I am also that person that understands I've got human beings around me who bring daily different clashes um, into, into the four walls we share. And they're not doing that to intentionally derail this quarter's profit. They're not doing that to intentionally disrupt the big project that everybody's been working on for two years. That person quite possibly was blindsided by a spouse who was just diagnosed with stage four cancer. And that literally happened in a connection in my life. Literally happened. I posted it on my Facebook page. A gentleman who is a friend of, or I'm sorry, the cousin of a, a friend of mine in June just wasn't feeling good, goes to the doctor and stage four cancer it is. Imagine his wife and his family and and none of that. Suppose his spouse was a part of a big project. None of that was planned to disrupt the day of the company where she works. And so as a leader, we got to understand that. Again, I, I'll go back to the analogy I shared. I think it was in the first session. We're in the left lane of the highway. That person in front of you is driving slow. You know, they, they didn't, there wasn't a grand scheme that day to wake up at 630 and 
get on the highway by 650 and get right in front of you at 651. That just, that wasn't the plan. Okay. They're in the way because maybe they're in their own moment. And we just have to accept that, you know, so we can choose to react. We can choose to just go around. We could choose to maybe slow down. We can choose any number of ways, but how we react says more about ourselves than it does the situation that they bring to us. Again, I'll go back to vulnerability. We show it, we share it, and we live it. Yeah, just Monday, I had an example uh, at the store with one of my team members. And it was a clash. It was a clash between his self, you know, self-preservation, his ability to earn a paycheck, and a clash between what we're doing to further the company. And it was really a 15-minute overlap of time and literal airspace because we were recording a podcast. And, you know, I know what the underlying feeling is. This person is moving. There's a lot of expenses. Business is in the retail world right now is insane. As I'm recording this, October 23 is just tremendous highs and deep lows. And that's the way it is. And a smart business owner tries to extend those highs and make those lows pretty narrow. Um, that's my goal right now. And, and so this clash exists and. When you go one week having a third of the door swings that you had the prior week, and then the following week, it's three times the best week in the last month. It's a mental roller coaster. But I recognize that clash. And I just very vulnerably said, listen, I, I, I get this. I've been here. I've lived your life. And what I can tell you is you will never go without even if we have to. And we've done that in that business. Um, thankfully, I've had multiple streams of income over the years, but there has been times uh, going back seven, eight years ago. You know, it was tough for me to come home at Christmas and tell my wife we're not bringing home a paycheck just before Christmas. But I could also say all of our employees are. And so that level of vulnerability and understanding an assurance then, hey, you will never go without, is very powerful. Um, understanding the human element of things as a leader, I think it's some of the most important, important work that we can do. And yeah, Joanna, show it, share it. Yeah, love it. Uh, some of the comments are coming directly to me, and that's fine. If we want them for others, we should change that. You have to do that. I can't control that. And it's okay if you just want to, if you just want to um, uh, send them right to me. But uh, sorry, I just uh, this is this is why I'm bad at running the Zoom. I should always have somebody run my Zooms for me. This is why my podcast shows I have a great production team that does them for me. I just get to come and host to be the guest or or uh, speak with cool people. But. Um, all of this really, when it comes to, um, oh, I see that. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Joanna. It's not giving you that option. Okay. No problem. I'll, I'll deliver the comments over the year. Um, you know, all of this really comes down to what I feel is my true position, my true calling as a leader in this world. 
And I am a leader. Um, I'm not ashamed to say it. I don't think I say that from a position of arrogance. Uh, because as a leader, my number one thing is to see people around me succeed. And I've so long was only focused on that succeeding part. Because for me, succeeding was about hiding that big gaping wound in my chest from being a child and what I went through. And when I tell you it's gaping, it is, it is gaping. Um, there are days where it's just really rough to go through it. And then there's other days where it's not so bad, but it's there. And I don't know that all it'll ever close. I hope it will someday, but I know that there's a lot of other people around me. The, the statistics say as much, but I can see it. I can see it and I can feel it. I acknowledge it and I understand it. And, you know, that goes back to what I said earlier in our time together today is we, we just got to be open to looking around, asking questions and, you know, recognizing that there is a clash, recognizing that there is hurt. You know, so for me, this, this whole mission, this whole purpose, realizing what my true position is, like what gap do I fill? Because I think that's another one of my, actually, I, I know it is. I took a disc test today. Cool little thing. Disc test to be on a podcast so the host can get the most out of the guest to make the guest look great, which I think is brilliant. You know, disc doesn't exactly say this about standing in the gap, somebody willing to take the arrows. But that is who I am. And for so long, it was, look at, look at what I'm doing for you. Look at what I'm doing for success for you, for success for us. Look at what I'm doing. Instead, the flip of the script should be, how can I help you? What impact can I create for you? And if there's healing to be done, how can I assist in that? And it's in the book. I meant to bring it up. Shucks. I'll have to show the draft version here. But in the book, again, you can go thejeffg.com slash book to get the book if you haven't got it yet. But, you know, you might see this recording in the future and be getting the book as a result of it. But I'll just hold this up to the camera. So that's a little picture of this rock that I got in a retreat back in January of 23. And I replaced that rock as part of the exercise. My original rock wasn't that one. That one's in the shape of a heart. That one I picked out of the box of rocks. And as I picked it out, the word healing was given to me as what, what my impact is. If I'm going to stand in the gap, what's on that pedestal holding me up? What's that bridge I'm trying to create from one side of the gap to the other? What ultimately is going to you know, start to repair that gaping wound I talk about, healing. That's what it's going to be. And so if we look to lead others, if we look to help others create impact, and then to be able to do that, they have to be an embodied person. They have to be somebody that is whole, or at least, you know, only has a couple holes in the bucket 
right? You got a couple holes in the bucket. They can at least fill it quick and carry it and throw some water on the flower bed. But man, if they're, if it's just bottomless, you're, you're just everything you give to that person just pours right through them. And it's no wonder they don't retain anything. It's no wonder they don't get it because whatever healing they got to go through, whatever they're dealing with in the moment, you're just pouring into them, but it's pouring right out the bottom. And so that little rock came to me in that moment. Again, it goes back to if we believe that things are just coincidental, I would have just kept that first one. But I felt that it was important that I exchanged it. And that was an offer. Not everybody had to exchange it, but I felt it was time. And, and I pulled it out blind. And it was that rock. And in that moment, it was that word healing. And in that rock is shaped somewhat, you know, I see a heart kind of like everybody looks up at the clouds. You can see a crocodile. Some people see a sheep. Some people see a ship. Some people see a car, whatever. I think it's fairly undisputable. That rock in the book, you can see it for yourself, is in the shape of a heart. And so when we heal, it is heart work, I guess we could we could call it, when we look to heal others. And that's my true position in this world, is to deliver healing. And I'm hoping that I've given you some things to think about, about amplifying your impact, amplifying your impact through healing. It may not be as profound as what I've gone through for you. It might be... It might be different. And don't, and, and I should preface, please don't weigh what is your, uh, your traumas, your needs for healing against my life. Yeah, I used an example today. You could have come, and I'm sure this person is out there. I'm sure there's thousands of them out there in the world, if not tens of thousands. You could be from, a multi-generational family in which maternal and paternal grandparents and great-grandparents are or were present, mom and dad are present, siblings, cousins galore, you know, Christmas dinner, you got to rent out the local fire hall because there's 75 people, you know, four-bedroom, two-bath house, picket fence, dogs, cats, tire swing in the front yard, idyllic, typical American dream upbringing. A lot of times behind that hiding in plain sight is is stuff that happens. And so let's say that thing that happened to this person is just mom and dad were super hard on the grades. And that framed somebody. That led them to believe they were always going to be less than. I don't want that weighed against my past. I don't want that weighed against somebody else's past. I don't look to my stuff as well, I had this and they had that, so they're worse off than me. It's it's all for us. And so as a leader, if we're going to create this healing through impact, we got to just accept that everybody's on a different wavelength. Everybody's got a different path they're going on in life, but their paths have intersected with us. And it's just so important that we recognize that. It's so important that we do carve out that time. And again, maybe it's an hour a week. Maybe it's 15 minutes a week. I would urge you to start, start to do things that give people the opportunity to connect with you. And you might be wondering how it's that vulnerability, your vulnerability 
as a leader will change everything. You know, I had a conversation today with that employee about the negative interaction, that clash we had uh, around what his desires were, what we were doing. Really, it's the same thing. And, you know, the conversation was, look, it wasn't that you were interrupting my thing. Ultimately, it was that we had a set amount of agreements. And it was ultimately that the way it was presented is you were the only person in here right now, ignoring the needs of myself and my business partner and ignoring the needs of our other team members. And, and even so, when we tried to have a conversation about it, it uh, the tone and volume elevated to where it continued to interrupt everybody. So it isn't even about stepping on my thing I'm doing. It's about how we work together. And, you know, once that was understood, this person saw it. They're like, oh, okay, I get it now. Like, yeah, this is, this is about all of us. And so from that, I took a couple of things that we can improve upon. We're going to put some added signage out to keep things a little quiet in that area of the store while we record our show. But I recognize the need, the need to make that sale, the need to help that guest, the fear that if I can't let the guest do it their way, it's going to go wrong for me. I recognize that. I get that. So ultimately, we just give the tools to our team to better succeed so they don't have that fear. That's the understanding I want you to have about those you lead. Where's their fear? If it isn't something they need to heal, there's undoubtedly they've got a fear in their day, which creates a clash. And as a leader, we got to accept that. I know we just want to produce things. I know we want to sell things. We want to make money, write checks, and go home. I get it. I really, truly do. Our world's different. Our world's hurting. There's a lot of healing that needs to be placed. And the leaders that commit to this ultimately are the ones that create impact. And when we uh, can create impact through this vulnerability that I'm talking about, the ability to be vulnerable and be a human with your people and look to extract humanness from them, we're unstoppable, utterly unstoppable. So I kind of rambled there and I was imploring you, please start this habit. When you watch this video, start this habit, lead it off, call a 15-minute meeting, Show some of that vulnerability of yourself. Maybe it's in a way you've embraced a project. Maybe it's in a way you've led a new thing. Maybe it's in a way that you've handled a situation that you know deep down wasn't the best. Be vulnerable there. I'm not asking you, if you're not there, you don't have to take that leap that I did with my team and you know reveal that, that real personal story. I'm not necessarily asking that. Maybe you get there, but vulnerability, that first step in it, because it's not going to come from your team. It's got to come from you. Create that habit this week after you watch this video. Create it right away. 15 minutes. So you, you have 15 minutes. I know you do. Build the habit. Expand the time. Create the space for healing. You'll have nothing but impact. And, and life will be so, so much better. Um. So Joanna, thank you. And Joanna, I want to just recognize right now, uh, she was um, somebody that really helped me get this book off the ground. So my dear friend, thank you. You're welcome. And I want to thank you. Um, you know, you know, I don't believe there are any accidents. I only believe in synchronicities. 
as you yep. know. Uh, and you and I connect on that level. Uh, so it's no accident that I'm here tonight. I did have to cook some kale before I, I mean, I'm starving. So I did have to eat and couldn't be on camera the whole time. But, um, that's the, exactly the place I am. I have been, you know, people have been telling me for a long time, you have to start doing videos that are not scripted, where you're not reading off a teleprompter. You just have yep. to be your makeup or no makeup. Just tell the truth. And it's, and, and I, and I, cause I was really brought, literally brought up, you know, by people that said, we don't want the neighbors to know, you know, that kind of thing. So it's literally brought up. And then later in life, after my mother attained quite a status in her job, her life was threatened all the time. So we had, I, I grew up with these walls around me. You have to be careful because somebody's going to see you and shoot you. So breaking mm. that down to get to the point where I could look in front of this camera and uh, not worry. And you know, I'm a crier. So my yep. biggest fear is, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to record it. Um, but I'm letting go and I'm, I'm, I'm realizing that that's, that's my growing edge. And I have to be on that growing edge because if I'm not vulnerable, they can't be vulnerable. And the events yep. of the world right now, I am so convinced that those of us that can lead must lead in whatever mm -hmm. way we can. And I'm leading it, you know, because you understand the background of positive psychology. I'm leading in a very positive, healthy way that takes into account the well-being of our employees is really, really, really critical. And yeah. um, actually, I'm studying to become a certified chief well-being officer now, so that oh, I can congratulations. Have, uh, what? Uh, thank you. I think it's really important to understand what it means. Uh, but you know me well enough to know that I have an intuitive sense of what it means. So I know with my clients what that means. And that's another thing I think leaders really have to do now is go to their heart. And spend time in the heart, breathing into the heart and coming in contact with their intuition. Yeah. Yep. You give me a thought and then I want to um, go to Amy before our time wraps up in about Absolutely. five minutes. Um, right. You know, so you, you shared your crier, you know, um, that was that was something you shared here on our time together. You look in some of my podcasts as I began to tease this book, talk about it. I did a whole Space for Leadership podcast show where it was just me. Uh, I mean, I won't say it was straight out tears down my cheeks, but you saw it. You saw that humanness. And so yeah. I would challenge people watching this at some point. Your team, those you lead, have seen, the, seen emotions, sure. probably negative ones yelling, upset, mm -hmm. finger pointing, right? I would hope they've seen some happiness. But if they haven't seen that human side that Joanna, thank you for sharing and, and being awesome to share it with us. If they haven't seen that, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you whether you employ men, women, whatever, I guarantee you, there has been point of frustration, crying in a car, uh, fists in a wall at home, uh, throwing weights around on a bench, something it's happened. And, and so if you're going to engage and just show that negative side and then a glimpse of happiness, which really gets received as, oh, this is just fake. If you're not willing to show that vulnerability and yet you expect uh, the expectation is to pour the soul into the thing, into the goal, into the project, into the company, it's just such an imbalance. And I would just challenge as a leader for us to, fix that imbalance with vulnerability. So again, Joanna, thank you.
I wouldn't thank, you so thank, you, thank you again for reminding us about vulnerability and the place we have to touch is the soul. Yeah, thank you. Amy, you're in your studio. Uh, it's my background, but that okay. is my studio. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, Joanna and Amy, you 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 need to know each other. Um, yeah, sure, we do. I could tell by her art. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I'll 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 make sure to make an intro. Um, let me just make a note here because I'll forget if I don't. Um, I'll make an intro to the both of you, but you get you need to both know each other. Um, so, Amy, thank you again for your contribution. I hope I was able to. Um, share some some wisdom, knowledge, some insights with you tonight. Uh, did you have any questions? I, I just kind of wanted to bring you on again. Thank you for your contribution, the artwork, your chapter. Um, artwork was so profound and, and in more ways than uh, than I think we both knew at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't know that I remember you sharing with me that you lost a husky as well. Um, so that that really touched my heart, but I uh, could tell when we originally spoke that you connected with that piece, like yep. more all of the other ones. But um, contributing to the book for me, that was an honor to contribute to you and give back to to you and your readers. And um, I just felt called to send you that piece because I just felt you needed to have it. Uh, just because of the way that you did connect with it. And, um, you know, like I told you in your, your personal note that I sent you, um, just a, a brighter reminder for where you were and where you've come to today. So Got that note uh, right here, <laughs> yeah. into the back of the painting. So I never lose it. So, so thank you. You're welcome. It was an honor. Um, well, thank like it was great to have everybody be a part of this. And and again, Joanna, thank you for the for the start. Um thank you. That's what I can say. This has been a lot of fun um to come together this way. So the recordings you're gonna be watching, I'm now speaking to people in the future. We're getting in the DeLorean time traveling here. Um you know, uh, in the future, you'll you'll see this, you'll get this. Uh, reach out to me on social media if you love something about it. If you have questions, um, please do uh, reach out to me in whatever channel you see this. I'll get that comment. It comes right to me and uh, we'll be able to engage that way. So thank you so much, everybody. Uh, Joanna, really great to see you. We will catch up personally one-to-one here um, this week, if not this week, early next week. But um Everybody, thank you. Thank you for being a part of this journey. I hope in the time and place that we connect with this, it really does mean something uh, for you. Uh, It would mean a lot to me to have uh, these words in this session or the words on the other two um, give you that opportunity for heal. Because no, if it does, and please let me know, uh, this wound in here just gets a little smaller. So I'd appreciate that. So thank you. We'll see everybody. Uh, around Joanna, Amy, thank you so much. And uh, thank you. Get the book, and you can get that at thejeffg.com slash book. And on that form, you can activate bonuses that correspond with your purchase, and you'll get this recording or others. So with that, I'll sign off. Thank you all so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful night. 
Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of The Big Ticket Life. You've heard from another amazing guest living their own big ticket life, and now it's time to live your. First, I'd love for you to take me up on my free gift to you. Find your gift at gift.thebigticketlife.live. That's gift.thebigticketlife.live. See, all your life you've been told what is and what is impossible by the loudest voices from the cheapest seats. It's time to finally do life and business on your terms. Sure, you've heard similar things, but without clarity on what can be done, it's easy to have your customers, employees, maybe even partners, and your spouse keep you from truly living a big ticket life. My big ticket methods shift you into that investor seat, in your business, away from commodity and away from competition, into a market of one, so you can finally live your own big ticket life. So my gift to you is for you to book your discovery call today, where we'll uncover first the Chivo behaviors, those chief everything officer behaviors that hold you back and why moving into the investor seat in your own business is critical. Two, we'll uncover the premium position that's up for grabs right now in your market that you're missing out on. And three, which big ticket methodologies are just waiting to be dropped into your business to explode your sales and profits. So again, thanks for listening to this episode. I'd love for you to take action right now. Accept this gift, book your call, go to gift.thebigticketlife.live. Again, that's gift.thebigticketlife.live.